Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. موسیقی تو اولاد صالح سے گود ان کی بھر دے رہے رات دن ہر گھری دونوں ہمدم گھری دونوں ہمدم چھتی شب کی ظلمت Seven minutes after 11 Central African time Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Ahalan wa sahalan wa marahaban bikum It's a beautiful Tuesday morning It's a bit overcast here in Lanasia But alhamdulillah it's a beautiful morning I firstly want to welcome the listeners of Sirius FM Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and Company And I want to welcome the listeners of Merkaz Sahaba The voice of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah Remember our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132 084-786-3132 International Overseas Listeners Plus 2784-786-3132 Yes, uh, today is uh, the 28th of March 2023, which is also the 5th of Ramadan, 14-44. Ustad, uh, uh, it's a beautiful Tuesday morning. Welcome to the bliss of marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum azamalana arafat jazbarak jazakallahu khairan. Uh, and we forgot uh, to <laughs> welcome our beloved Haji Suleiman Esop, our beloved engineer. He will be with us from now till 12-ish. I see there's a, a brother who started, or a sister saying, what is my obligation to my mother-in-law and sisters-in-law? Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise is due to Almighty Allah the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. First obligation will be, as a Muslim to another Muslim, so you fulfill their rights. And then second obligation will be, because you are married in that family, she is your mother-in-law, or they are your sister-in-laws, and so forth. But there's no such thing that you have to go and support them financially, or you have to give them something and all that. All that nothing is compulsory upon you. Regarding your wife to take her there to your mother-in-law's place and so forth, it all depends, you remember, on the distance and so forth. Sometimes people are married overseas. Sometimes people get married very, very distant, far places. So it's all according to your means and so forth. And remember that if you can't take them, then you must not prevent her from inviting her parents to come to your place 
and your mother-in-law, father-in-law, if it's only mother-in-law, she comes with her son-in-law or comes with her son or so forth. So you should not prevent that to come and visit your wife and so forth. So everything else, whatever you do, is mimbabil ihsan. You're just doing a favor. It's not something that is compulsory. So that is what you should know, that whatever you are doing is just from, you're just doing them a favor and it's not something that is compulsory. That is the most important thing that you should know. Hmm. Somebody wants to know, Ustad, uh, is medical critical care insurance haram and is hospitalization insurance haram too as well, Ustad? You must remember that as far as we go, our fatwa and Hazrat Mufti Rizal Haksab, our honorable Ustad as well, so his fatwa also is this, that we say that medical aid is permissible, and especially when we look at South Africa and the condition nowadays. So we must remember, and the easy explanation to the masses and the public is this, we say that, look at it this way, that is say take for example life insurance and so forth. So there you are paying a premium and then you paid one million or so. And then when he or she, that person dies, you collect five million, ten million. So that is haram totally. Why? Because you paid money and you're getting money in exchange and so forth. So that is riba, there's interest, there's gambling, there are many factors involved there. As far as medical aid goes, you are paying a premium every week, every month, whatever the agreement is. Some countries, they pay every week and so forth. So second one will be you're paying every week or every month and so forth. But you're not getting any money in exchange. You are getting the bed or you are getting injection or you're getting the operation or you are getting some services in exchange. So therefore, remember, the fatwa will be it is permissible the verdict taqwa piety precaution is you abstain from it because there is difference of opinion some senior senior ulama mufti say it's not permissible so we say that will be taqwa precaution and piety but if you take fatwa then our fatwa is this yes it is permissible and acceptable hmm. 08478 uh, a listener says mufti sab is Tops and trousers allowed for ladies in Islam. Some say as long as the top is long and denims are allowed. Ustad, anonymous. Totally not permissible that. You must remember when you wear top and you wear jeans and so forth, whose clothing is that? That is the clothing of the kafirat, the non-Muslim ladies. It is the clothing of the men. So is clothing of somebody else, not of a Muslim lady. So therefore, remember, if you're imitating men, then the Quran and Hadith tells us it's not permissible. In Islam, there's no such thing as unisex and so forth, that this is permissible for men and for women and so forth. Second one is this, لَأَنَ اللَّهُ مُتَشَبِّهِينَ وَالْمُتَشَبِّهَاتِ 
open Tirmidhi, you will find Allah Ta'ala curses those men who imitate the women. See the Muslim men. Ramadan now, and they got earrings on. Some of them got big, big chains on and so forth. They got feminine qualities, you know, and tendencies. So all haram, all these things there. And you must take the women, they cut their hair from the back. You don't know is Eve or is Steve. Oh, you must remember their clothing attire is that. It, like, it looks like more like a man clothing and so forth. So definitely not permissible that. A Muslim lady's dressing is you wear a long dress, loose dress, maxi or whatever, and it must not be see-through and transparent, or you wear a dress till your knee, below your knee, whatever, you have your izar on and so forth. So that is a dress. All this, yeah, top and pant and top and jeans and all that, that definitely is not Islamic dress and not permissible. When you walk, you can see your curves and you can see everything. So you must remember that because it's so tight and so forth. Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said authentic hadith in Sahih Muslim in Kitabul Libas, the chapter of clothing. Two groups of people, Sinfan min Ahlin Nar, two groups of people they land up in Jahannam Walam Arahuma. But I didn't see them. So one is you must remember the man that they have with them, their big big whoop and all that. And they make zulam and oppress the people and so forth. Second category, the women, They think that they are dressed, but they are like naked in the year after. Either it's transparency through, or it is so tight and so forth and so on. So therefore, that is not permissible in Islam. Hmm. Somebody says, uh, uh, my wife gave birth last night. What is the process to carry out for the baby? Until we name the baby and can aqiqa be performed on behalf of the child in another country, Ustad? Okay, first and foremost, we say, MashaAllah, that your wife gave birth. You didn't tell us it's a boy or a girl. You just told us baby. So just inform us with that as well. And last night, so last night was already Tuesday. So we will say the baby was born Islamically on a Tuesday. So last night or today, you must give adhan in the right ear of the baby. You must give iqama in the left ear. You must make the tahnik and take the date, insert in the mouth of the baby. And if you don't know, Alhamdulillah. If you don't know the du'as to read and just tell somebody, Imam or Mawlana or whoever, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when they brought Hassan Basri, he was born in Medina Munawwara. At the age of 14, they left and they settled there in Iraq. Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu read the following du'a, Allahumma faqihu fi deen. Ya Allah, give him profound, deep understanding of Islam. وَحَبِّبْهُ إِلَى النَّاسِ And make him beloved to the people. So in that case there we must remember that is the sunnah type of du'as to read. So first adhan, then iqama, then the tahnik. That must be done today if it was not done last night. So that's first issue. Then because the baby was born on Tuesday, the seventh day, remember, is Monday. This coming Monday, following Monday. And remember when that is the case there, then we will say you must name the child. 
So did he say what's a boy or a girl or what? No, Ustad, he didn't. Uh, yeah. So you must remember the best name will be. It's a girl, Ustad. It's a girl. So the best name will be, remember, Inna Habbal Asma Ilallah Abdullah wa Abdurrahman. So the best name is Abdullah Abdurrahman for a boy or for a girl, Amatullah Amatul Rahman. So in Hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif. And then the Akika next Monday. So remember, you slaughter one goat or one sheep. So because it's a girl, so only one animal. And then you shave the hair, and after shaving the hair, you place and put some zafran, saffron. You mix it with water and then apply it on the head of the baby. You give out some charity and so forth. And any amount, 20 rand, 50 rand, 100 rand, and that. And mashallah, you make dua for her. So even from today, you also should making dua. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina ayun. O Almighty Allah, Jalla wa grant us as spouses and children that become the coolness of the eyes. How many today children people have, but they left Islam, became murtad, murtadda, Allah forbid. How many people have children, they don't even know where the child is. That they left home and they gone somewhere, and they didn't know. They were just a wall, absent without leaf. So, so many problems. So from now, read Surah, Fatiha, Aital Kursi, the four kuls, Kulyaka, Firun, and the last three surahs, and blow on the baby, mashallah. Allah, Jalla wala, protect her. Allah, Ta'ala, make her saliha, and qurrata a'yun, the coolness of your eyes. So, yes, you can make, you must remember, the aqiqah before you name the child, but you got one week still. So, mashallah, choose what name. If you want females' names, Nabi alayhi salatu salam's honorable wives, Nabi alayhi salatu salam's honorable daughters, Daughters, oh Maria mentioned in the Quran Sharif 34 times Surah 19 dedicated to Sayyidah Maryam radiallahu anha Maryam means you must remember Abida the one who worships Almighty Allah there are million thousand names you can choose from choose a good name innakum tud'auna yawm al-qiyama bi asma'ikum wa asma'i'abaikum so you will be called on the day of justice by your name and your father's name. Then Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah said, Fa'ahsinu asma'akum. Choose good, good names. Hmm. My husband does not want to go to the masjid anymore, Ustad, because someone reprimanded him because he went without a topi. Muftisab, why do these movies act too strict on things not proven in hadith, Ustad? So you must remember the previous hadith I quoted is mentioned there in Abu Dawood and in Mishkat Sharif, so just for the reference. Okay, let's take the scenario and see what's happening here. So your husband went to the masjid, he didn't have a topi, a hat on, so somebody told him that what you're doing here in the masjid without a hat and so forth, so now he don't want to go masjid. So what harm did the masjid do? I'm asking you. So the Quran Karim states that wa aqimus salata wa atuz zakata You must establish the salah. You must pay the zakah. You must go make ruku with those who make ruku. You must go read salah day in jamaat with the men. 
So what harm did the masjid do? So this is a sign of his arrogance and pride. Say, no, I'm no more going to the masjid and so forth. So you must remember, so that is not justified at all. If you study Quran Sharif, I give you one masla here, and you must explain to your husband what are the consequences of his foolish action. Now he say, no, I will read Salat at home. Surah Maryam, chapter number 19 and verse 59. Surah 19, Surah Maryam, chapter 19, verse 59. The father, the dada, the grandparents, all pious people. But the pious people left behind unworthy successes. Look at the word khalfun. Khalfun means unworthy successes. People who do unda, danda, upside down things. And khalfun, worthy successes. So ye is khalfun. First thing they do, adha'u salat. They squander their salat. What tabashawat? They follow their worms, fancies, and desires. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu was asked, What is the meaning of this? Adawuswalat, what tabashawat? He said, It's for those men that they don't want to come to the masjid, they don't want to read salat with the men, like bailas. You know, in our memon and that we say baila. So, like bailas, you must remember that they, they want to sit at home, and now they follow their worms and fancies. Then they will be meeting Jahannam and landing up in Jahannam. That is what Quran is saying, Surah 19, verse 59. So we must be clear on that issue. Second issue, whether the Imam said it or whether the Mawlana said it, whoever else said it. Did he say something right or wrong? He said right. You speaking of hadith which you know nothing about. You don't even know what is the definition of a hadith. So you must remember that the Salafis, they accept Sheikh Albani. I met Sheikh Albani myself. Rahimahullah, Allah grant him Jannatul Firdaus. Sheikh Albani's fatwa also is this, that to read Salat without the head is not desirable and is not suitable, it is definitely unacceptable. Meaning your Salat is done, but it don't behove you, befit you to read Salat. If you want a reference of Sheikh Albani's fatwa, go open the book, Al-Qawlul Mubin Fi Akhtail Musallin. The clear-cut verdict and speech regarding the many, many, many mistakes people make in their salat and so forth. I'm asking you four or five questions. Number one, Quran Sharif says, states, Surah 3, verse 31, that in kuntum tuhibbun Allah, if you really love Almighty Allah, fattabi'uni, then follow me, Habibuna, Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, immaculately. Yuhbibkumullah, then you become the beloved of Allah. And Allah Ta'ala will forgive you your sins. You must show me once, only once. Nabi alayhi salatu salam read salat without a hat, without a hat and a turban. Show me once. Never ever did Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam perform salat without a hat or a hat and turban except in the case of ihram, going for umrah, going for hajj. So then Nabi alayhi salatu salam said that the man, they must leave their head open. (coughs) 
ihram ar-rajuli fi ra'sihi wa ihram al-mar'ati fi wajhiha so you must remember that that is the law second one show me the khulafa'i rashidin sayyidina bakr sayyidina umar sayyidina usman sayyidina ali radiyallahu anhum once only one show me once they read and perform salat without wearing headgear show me and you must remember besides hajj umrah that is the exception to the rule so you see nabi alayhi salam said that what you must do alaykum bi sunnati wa sunnatil khulafa'i rashidin al mahdiyin you must follow my way and the way of the rightly guided khulafa then next one when your husband or anybody else comes in the masjid he don't wear hat nothing then you imitating the non-muslim culture who doesn't wear hat today these kuffar, these jutlas, these jutlas also those who are, you see Ben Gwey, that the big harami in Israel, even now he still wear that yalmuka of his, that small hat of his. So you will find even the jutlas, but majority they don't wear. And you will see Christians, they don't wear. The Pope he wear, but not the others. So it shows that, remember, this is the tariqah and the way of the Jews, the Christians, non-Muslims. So you imitating them. Nabi alayhi salam said, Man tashabbaha biqawmin fawa minhum. When you imitate the people, you become part and parcel of them. So why is he so upset? The people told him the truth. And according to all four schools, Shafis, Hanafis, Malikis, Ambalis, Salafis, because you take Sheikh Albani's fatwa, so it is makru and undesirable. So there's nothing to be upset about beside the pride of the person. Ustad, is marriage in community of property permissible? Not permissible. Marriage in community of property means that you came with 5,000 as a wife, 10,000, 20,000, your husband got 1 million, 100,000, so automatically everything becomes 50-50. Your husband incurs debts of 1 million, you have to pay 500,000, so people can charge you for half. But you got nothing to do with the death. So you mother the death. So you must remember that is unacceptable. Likewise, when he dies, then only 50% of the estate gets divided. The 50% will go automatically to the wife. The wife dies, then automatically 50% goes to the husband, and then the remainder will go to the heirs and so forth. So all that is haram according to Islamic law. Go study the law of Islamic inheritance, and remember you will find Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 14. وَمَنْ يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ Whosoever disobeys Almighty Allah regarding inheritance, وَرَسُولَهُ and Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, وَيَتَعَدَّ حُدُودَ You gave somebody more, you went beyond the limits. So yeah, you're giving your husband more, you're giving your wife more. You're the khilhu and you're usurping the rights of the other heirs. You're the khilhu naran khalidan fiha. Allah Ta'ala dispatches that person to Jahannam for a very, very long time, like, you know, almost forever. 
But we don't say forever because the word abada is not mentioned. He will stay there in Jahannam for a very, very long time. For such a person, there will be a humiliating, disgraceful punishment. So absolutely haram it is, not permissible. Yes. When you want to register your marriage, you got married now in Shaban, beginning Ramadan, or you're getting married in Shawwal, which is the best month to get married, then you must remember you want to register it, make it a civil marriage, then remember it will be ANC, nothing to do with a political party, anti-neptual contract without, always remember that, without, excluding the accrual system. So that is compulsory. A and C without the accrual system and then you draw up your Islamic world, then your Islamic world is valid and there's no problems. Somebody says, Muftisab, can I pierce a belly ring for my wife? For my pleasure, Ustad. Totally haram. Remember when Satan, Lucifer, Shaitan was expelled from Jannah, you must know how to translate. You say, Nabi Adam alayhi salam, Sayyidah Hawwa radiallahu anha were transferred from Jannah, yea, to this world. Iblis, Lucifer, Shaitan, you say when he, Allah Ta'ala, expelled him from Jannah, never will he see Jannah paradise again. So he said, okay, I am accursed, I am finished now. So what he did, he took so many oaths. One oath he took, that I will command them and they will definitely, surely change the creation of Allah. See transgender, see the murder committed yesterday, they in Tennessee, in America. So they say it's a lady, but it wasn't a lady. It was Steve, and Steve became Eve, went for transgender, and now she's 28 years old. Yesterday she shot six people dead, and then they shot her dead also. So these are people that are, you know, got anxiety, they got emotional problems. So they say, okay, I'm Steve, let me become Eve. I'm Eve, let me become Steve. All haram. So you, Allah Ta'ala created your wife, very good, normal. Say, no, me, I don't like that. I want to put another extra one there. You see, why you're watching too many movies? Hollywood, Bollywood, Robin Hood, Tiger Hood, Shaitan Hood. <laughs> so we saw that. You know, my wife must have this. Tomorrow they will put one piercing there on the buttocks. You see, I also want to put one buttocks mm. on the buttocks. You see? <laughs> so there. That is the Muslim mentality today. Majority of the time. That if the kuffar do something, we also must do something. Put buttocks on the buttocks. You see, we also must do like that. All haram, brother. He got no place in Islam. I see. <laughs> they say, Mufti Sab, I noticed that many husbands are mommy's babies. Everything they are, their mom. This causes a lot of inconvenience to the poor wives. Mufti Sab, is this acceptable, Ustad? You must remember that when he, your husband, was not married to you and he came to your house and for proposal and so forth. So what was your duty? Your duty was this, that you should do homework. 
you, your parents, should find out about him. Is this guy a stable guy? Is his belief structure correct? Is his income halal? Does he read five daily salat in the masjid? Which ulama does he have contact with all this? So then by that time you will know whether he's mummy's boy or he can think straight for himself and so forth and so on. But the problem is we don't look at that. He came with a BMW, be my wife. You say, ah, I to bo You see, he's very good. Yeah, today our criteria, when we look for the lady, the lady and her family look for the boy, future son-in-law. So then the main criteria is two things, Mal and Jamal. Mal, how wealthy they are. Second one, the Jamal, how handsome is he, how beautiful she is, and so forth. Regarding the character of the person, regarding the piety of the person, regarding that person there, does he read Salat? or 90%, 80% of Ummah, don't bother about that. Then when you get married and you start living, now you start wondering where you came into. Because we did not do our homework. We didn't do our work properly. So therefore, now you must teach him. You're no more a small boy. You are a person. You must learn to take decisions. Decision, Quran say, husband, wife, what a showering. Just show your husband this one example. That Allah Ta'ala blessed you with a baby boy, baby girl, like that brother who phoned just now, who contacted us just now, he sent a WhatsApp message and said last night, MashaAllah, his wife gave birth to the baby girl, and we told him, keep the name, Amatullah, or Amatul Rahman, or words like that, or Maryam, and so forth. Now you, the mother, what you going to do? You are going to breastfeed. So now you are breastfeeding for three months, six months, eight months, nine months, and now you say you want to wean the baby, W-E-A-N. You want to stop breastfeeding, put the baby on solids and so forth, and all that. So what Quran Sharif states, Surah 2, Surah Baqarah, and verse 2, 3, 3. Surah 2, verse 2, 3, 3. Quran says, in, in arada fisalan antaradim winuma. So when the both of you say fine, now is enough, you don't have to continue breastfeeding, what a shawurin. So then you should have mutual discussion. Mutual discussion. Whose mutual discussion? Husband discuss it with the wife, wife discuss it with the husband. Nothing is spoken about mother and all that. Mother brought you up. Her, her rank is higher than the wife, but it don't mean on these type of issues you have to go discuss with her. You must discuss with your wife. Hundred and one things, thousand things is for consumption of the husband and wife. The mother, the mother-in-law, other people don't have to get involved in all that. So therefore, brother, you must be a husband. You must be a proper person. You must not be a mouse or a mice, my brother. That everything, mummy, 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 mummy. You're out of your nappies now. So you must learn to take decisions in life, but don't take unilateral decisions. Discuss it with your wife. Then there will be harmony and then there will be peace, tranquility and serenity in the house. 
Somebody says I have two small babies, two years and three months old. I live alone, away from people, and I'm not managing Ramadan well with them, Ustad. My Quran is back. I read Tarawi very late at night, and I feel so bad, but I don't know what to do, Ustad. So I'm not clear with your question still. You say you are married and you are staying somewhere far over the remote area and you got two babies, one two-year-old, three months old. So why you don't have a maid? You can have a maid. Who say you can't have a maid? So the maid can help you. He, the husband, can't be just making children all the time and don't get somebody to help you and assist you. So you must tell him that, you know what, that you want these children, I want these children, so we must have a mutual discussion and we must have a maid here there to look after the other children and one child I can look after, the maid can look after the other. So that's one way you can solve things out. Second one is you must have a timetable. You must know when you're going to sleep, when you're going to rest and all that. We all understand that sometimes the children will wake up, they need attention, the one child will need to be get breastfed and so forth. But to wherever possible, you should have a timetable. Then you must make sure that you are fasting as far as possible. And thereafter, you must remember that you are reading your five daily salat on time. It's no problem if you're reading Tarawih late at night. You're not reading it 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. You're reading it 10, 11 o'clock. There's no problem with that. But make sure you're reading 20 rakats and your witter. And thereafter, your Quran tilawat. Quran tilawat is such whenever you get free time, you must just read. Fasting is a duty and tilawatul Quran is the beauty. I tell you a story. Very few people know this. Hazrat Shaykh Hazrat Maulana Muhammad Zakaria Shaykh al-Hadith He came to South Africa in 1981 for this month of Ramadan. I told my wife the other day, I said that, do you know, this year Ramadan, we will definitely get Hazrat Mawlana Muhammad Zakaria Allah came to South Africa 81. So one of the ulama mentioned it. Hazrat Sheikh ki barkat hai ke hamku is Ramadan mein paan jumma milenge. That with the barkat of Sheikh yeah, we're going to get five jumma. It's not every time you get five jumma. Four you normally get. So we're going to get five jumma. So he spent the whole month here. He came to Lens here, Jami Masjid. From here then he went to Chipata and all that. On the 1st of Shaban, remember 1982, he passes away in Medina Munawara. He's buried there in Baki, okay? And he's not buried at the back. He's buried right in front where the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, are buried. This is all from Allah Ta'ala's side. That, remember, great honor Allah gave him. When he wasn't always ma'zur, he wasn't always in a wheelchair. When he used to walk from the house, his house, to the darazgah, to the classroom. So the teachers, the teachers used to tell the students, when Sheikh is walking, when Hazrat Sheikh is walking from his house, Dolat Kada in good Urdu, from his Mubarak blessed house to the classroom, so none of your students must greet him. Understand? Don't make assalamu alaikum. Because Sheikh, when he's walking, he's reading Quran Sharif. When he's walking back home, he's reading Quran Sharif. 
So we see what work Allah Ta'ala took from him. One, one Ramadan, every day in Ramadan is to make Khatmul Quran. So me and you are simple people. We make one khatam also. Alhamdulillah. We make two, three khatam. Alhamdulillah. Why I mentioned that story to you? Learn, my sister, our leisure time to spend it in the pleasure of Almighty Allah, Jalla wala. So don't say, no, my Quran is back and say my taraweeh, all that. I told you what to do. And you must have an urgent meeting with your husband and tell him we have to employ a maid and so forth. And then things will become easy for you, inshallah. Ustad, is it permissible to send marriage proposal in the month of Ramadan? Yes. Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha was 15 years old and five months. And her husband, Sayyida Ali radiallahu anha, their nikah was performed. The woman proposal, the nikah was performed during the month of Ramadan after the Battle of Badr. Battle of Badr took place on a Friday, 17th of Ramadan, the second year of the Hijrah. If you want a reference of this, go open Musannaf Abdul Razak. Our people never even heard these kitab's names. So they just know Bukhari, Muslim, and they think that is finished. It's under one Ahadith kitab's. So Musannaf Abdul Razak, you must remember, he first brought about the Ma'arika, the Ghazwa Badr, and then he speaks about Nikah Fatima, the marriage of Sayyida Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. So that is why we say to get married also during this month of Ramadan is very good and permissible. And you can propose also. But best month to get married will be Shawwal. Our mother Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha states, Inna Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tazawwaja bifi shawwal. He habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam married me in the month of shawwal. She had no children, so she would tell her nephews, nieces, come on, get married in shawwal. So we have dalil, evidence for that. Go open Tirmidhi Sharif. So all permissible, no problem. Well, it's uh, 16 minutes uh, to 12. Uh, we go for an interval. When we come back, inshallah, we will continue with the bliss of marriage. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. 13 uh, minutes uh, to 12. Uh, let's go to the next question, Ustad. Uh, my mother gave me uh, a house, but I only get it when she dies. As inheritance to start. But she made it clear that she don't want my wife to have any say in it. But I just found out now, Ustad, that if I die, the 50% goes to my wife. How should I go about it, Ustad? First and foremost, for your mother to say that this house belongs to you, but not now, after her death. Is that the first thing? Is that permissible? Is that permissible? Because when a Muslim person passes away, the first thing will be burial funeral expenses. And when I say burial funeral expenses, it doesn't mean the people coming to the house and having tea and cakes or having meals there, biryani and acne and food and all that. All that expenses you don't take from the estate of the deceased. That if there is one, they must pay and do all that. Second one is this, that the debts of the deceased. 
So whether it's personal debts, corporate business debts, all debt must be paid immediately. No such thing, wait for 40 days and 100 days. All debt is fairy tales, is what we brought from India and all that. Third one you must remember is Wasiya to bequeath for non-heirs, and that is an organization or a person, and maximum amount will be one-third of the net estate. And fourth one will be the shares of the heirs. So now when mommy passes away, Allah give a long life, but now one day she passes away, so she owns money, she has jewelry, she has this house and so forth and what have you. So she said that in your lifetime, her lifetime, this house is yours. So meaning the son. But what about the other sons? What about the other daughters and your sisters and so forth? How come they got deprived and all that? So that in itself, it won't be not to your house. So if she wants to give it to you, she must give it to you now. And then the title deeds, all that you must remember, must be transferred on your name. Then it's fine. There's no problem then. So now the house becomes yours. So in a case like that, when you die, then nobody can prevent it. So you said your wife will get 50%. That's all wrong. Fairy tales all that. In Islam, she'll never get, uh, remember, that 50%. If you have a child or children, so you, the husband, then she will inherit 12.5%. So the house, 12.5% will go to her. If you must remember, you married her 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and then you passed away and no children, then she will inherit 25%. So that ended nobody. Your mother can't make conditions like that and all that. Even if she make condition, that condition is not worth the paper on which is written Islamically. Automatically it falls away and cannot be implemented. So that is where we are. So if you want, you <coughs> must have a discussion with your mother and say she must transfer the house now to you. And you get all the title deeds, everything on your name. But if she speak after death, then it's not permissible. Unless you are going to pay all your heirs out. You say the house costs one million rand, and now, for example, your share is two-thirds, and you got your sister there, you understand? So it's one son, one daughter, so you have to pay her out one-third of the value. So it is, for example, 99 rand, so we will say 33 rand, you have to pay to your sister. Or you just make it thousands or hundreds of thousands, for example. So two-thirds, one-third like that. So remember, that is how it works. Not that what you are saying. All that is wrong and not permissible Islamic. So, sir, what happens if a person is fasting and happens to have a wet dream? What is the ruling on his fast to start? Yes, the fast is totally valid, whether it's a male or female, that they were thinking about this person, that person, and then they had a wet dream, so go and take a bath, and when you goggle your mouth, insert water in your nose, don't pick your head up, you keep your head facing down, and your ghusl is valid, your fast is valid. However, people sometimes ask about wet dream, but their meaning is something else. You have a boy, you have a young person, and now he just became balik, He's 14, 15 years old. She is then 15, 16 years old. 
Now, while they're fasting at night time last night or the other night, they ate a lot of kajur, a lot of rutab, a lot of tamar, a lot of dates. And now they're feeling very, very hot, like, you know. So you must remember now they go and masturbate. So masturbating is sinful. Number two, you must make tawbah. Number three, your fast breaks. Qada after eat is compulsory. So remember, ihtilam is ghair ikhtiyari. It's not in your control, so therefore the fast is valid. Masturbating is in your control, so therefore the fast will break and one qada will be compulsory. And it is sinful as well. Then another point for you, the men and women, Study Siratul Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Then you will find in Mishkat You will find in Mustada Ahmad You will find in most Hadith Kitab That have Kitabul At'ima Kitabul Ashriba The chapter of eating, drinking Kana Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Ya'kulu Rutab Bil Qista Go open Shamail Tirmidhi You will find wonderful discussion there that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi would have dates. But with the dates, he would have kissa. He would have kakri. He would have cucumber. I gave you in three languages. So you must remember that. So dates, it make you hot. And the, the, the kissa, the kakri, the cucumber, it keeps you cool, you see. So you will be properly balanced then. You won't get too passionate and not too compassionate. So you will be in between, inshallah. So when you eat dates, then keep a little bit cucumber also. That is sunnah and Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. See how the Master taught us the finer points of life. Today only people will come to know the benefits in that. But we know about it for 1400 years and more. <coughs> so that's why we have to say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, He set the precedent for humanity and posterity. So Ustad, my dad had two wives with kids from both. The second wife had divorced my dad before he passed away and not practicing Islam. He passed away three days ago. Are we expected to look after his kids? His kids are 14 and 10, or are they the second wife's responsibility? Ustad? Yeah, your question is not clear. You say that first of all, your father will make dua. If he passed away three days ago, it means he passed away in Ramadan, so Mubarak death. So all of you, the children, grandchildren, should be reading the following dua. Chapter 14, verse 41. رَبَّنَا اغْفِلْ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيَّ وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَوْمَ يَقُومُ الْحِسَابِ Oh, beloved Allah, forgive me. Forgive my beloved parents and the believers the day the reckoning is established. Allah Ta'ala grant him Jannatul Firdaus. Your question reads that your wife, your, your husband, your, your, sorry, your father had two wives, right? Your father had two wives. So the one wife is still there. And the second wife, you said the second wife divorced him. So how can a woman divorce her husband? In Islam, there's no such thing like that. So you must remember that. She can say thousand times divorce. She can go to court also and divorce him. You must remember the civil marriage. That is what the government is. That marriage will be broken, but the nikah will still remain. So if you mean that, 
then that lady is still in your father's nikah. So you must be very careful how you'll ask the pose the question. Yeah. So you must remember. That's the question he asked there. He said that she, the second wife, didn't he say the question? See, like the that? second wife had divorced my dad before he passed away. Yeah. So what it means? So it means that she gave him talaq. Yeah. So if you if she gave talaq to the nikah, so that means nothing, the nikah is still valid. If she went to court and she went for a divorce, for the civil marriage, so the civil marriage is finished, but the nikah is still valid. So she is still in the nikah of your father. You must remember that. And then what must happen is this, that the inheritance will work. It that for both of the wives will be 130 days, 130 days from time of death. Then will be burial expenses. So all that I'm sure you paid out already. That second one is thus the debts of the deceased, personal debts and business debts, all that must be paid immediately. Wasiya, he bequeathed to none as a person or organization, maximum one third. Then the shares of the heirs, that second wife, you must remember you're speaking about, she and your mother both will inherit six and quarter percent, six and quarter percent. Understand properly, brother. Don't go and do haram dandas. You will suffer in this world and in the year after. Quran says so. Surah 4 verse 14. Do things properly. So she must get the second wife six and quarter percent and your mother must get six and quarter percent. If your dada, daddy, your grandparents are deceased, then we go to you, the sons and the daughters, all the sons, all the children will inherit from the first wife, from the second wife. And remember, the ratio will be two to one. If your dada, daddy, that is your father, late father, his parents are alive, your grandparents, then they get 1616 collectively, one third. So understand things properly. I think they must have passed away. So both wives, six and quarter, six and quarter, and remainder, all the children must inherit. First wife, second wife, all of them, and the ratio will be two to one. Somebody says there's a lot of people coming for zakat collection to the house. How do we know they legit? What must we tell them, Mustad? Remember, 90%, 80% are mufatiyas. You must remember that 80%, 90% who come to the shop also, you have seen a masjid already. So many Pakistani Molvis, India Molvis, overseas Molvis, they all walk around with a book. The other day I gave a hadith lesson and uh, I saw two Molvis from Pakistan or India and they had a bag, so I knew that they want to. So they came by me, I just made salam alaikum. Before they could speak one word, I ran away. Uh, I know what they want to say, that we must make safarish, we must speak to some people, or they want a letter, or they want announcement on the radio. We don't do all these things, yeah? So remember, my advice to you will be that you must give your zakat to those organizations that are 100%, you've got no doubt in them. Even in South Africa, I told you before, 
70-80% of the organizations, somebody sent me an internet account of some organization, 30 million the person got and so forth, and yet they want to collect more this Ramadan. Can you imagine Lilla money, 30 million they got? <laughs> they pulled it out from the internet. I said, from where you got this? Is it from the internet? How we manage that, I don't know. So anyway, you must remember that. So these are Mufatiyas, you must remember. You mustn't give them one cent also. And there are certain organizations who closed the masjid and they went to court and all. We say you must never give them anything, no zakat, no lilla, no nothing. So rather give majlisul ulama and that, give the darulums and all that in Newcastle and other places, in Cape Town, the poor, poor darulums. So in that way, they all, might Allah, will reward you, inshallah, much more. All this year, if you want, just give them one rent, two rent, five rent, and tell them, go away. Or give them food and so forth. So that's my advice to you. Barakallahu feek. Salaamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah.